Hi, this is a new episode of Let's Humanize the Workplace. Yes, yes, she's still here. I am Vivian Aqua, the workplace wellness advocate and also the creative producer for Amplify DEI. I really am enjoying the conversations that I'm having with the guest experts and also because I know how important it is to talk about certain you know, certain topics that might not be um, happening in the workplace. And I just want to raise that awareness so that we can all move that bar where we can all create a workplace where everybody can be themselves. Because whatever I'm doing with Let's Humanize the Workplace or with Amplify DEI, it's all for one mission. I want to lift the workplaces up that are creating a workplace where everybody can strive and end the cycle where workplaces or, uh, or cultures where people are being dehumanized. Because believe me, I've been there. I have went through uh, a, a similar thing. And one of the questions that people are asking me um, during Amplify DEI, and I haven't shared it with you. So Amplify DEI is a huge summit with 71 speakers. And it's happening at the end of September, 28th to 30th of September. It's the Netflix for diversity, equity, and inclusion. But I also want to share something really personal because of the events that is happening towards uh, people of color. And um, I also want to give, um, how do you say it, a shock alert, uh, because I don't want to shock the people that are seeing this for the first time or hearing this for the first time. So know that there's there's a trigger alert, um, but I need to share this. So um, I've been sharing that I'm having a hard time explaining why, uh, why racism is something that is really delicate for me to share. And a few people know, but I also wanted to share it to more people. So this happened before Orlando, before I became a mother, but this happened during my professional career. And I'm not going to I'm not going to share the details about the event, but something happened in the workplace where I was dealing with racism and it resulted it resulted me to do something or to think about something about me not being here on on earth. So I guess that you can assume what I did or what I attempted to do. And that is one of the reasons why this project, but also what I'm doing with humanizing the workplace is so important for me because I don't want people to lose their lives just because of their work. I don't want people to lose their lives because some people are bullying them. I don't want people to lose their, their confidence, their, their human self or their whole selves because they are not being treated the right way in the workplace. And it, it touches my heart in a huge way that so many people are seeing me, believing in the summit and really are moving the needle together with me. And Again, I'm I'm sorry that what I'm sharing might be triggering you, but I also wanted you to know my truth and a truth that I've been having a hard time to share, but I feel like without sharing that it wouldn't be it wouldn't be justice. So Orlando is part of the reason why I'm doing this and Orlando is also the reason why I am 
talking about amplifying DEI because I don't want him to deal with the same BS that I've dealt with. I want to move the needle further, especially with the recent happenings. I just want to, us to exist and I just want you to see me as a human being, but I also want you to see others as a human being, especially in the workplace. So that was my monologue about why I why I'm doing Amplify DEI, but I also wanted you to know my truth. And um, thank you for being there. Thank you for supporting me. And thank you for just being you because without you, this wouldn't have been possible. So I just wanted to say thank you. Um, today's conversation is about Agile HR. And I wish that in the time that I needed HR the most, that they had this. So what is Agile HR? Agile is a, is, a, is a term that is known in the tech world, but Agile isn't for tech anymore. It's transforming how organizations are hiring, developing, and managing their people. It's also transforming how HR interacts with the workforce from doing things for employees to designing programs and technology with and for their people. In many ways, Agile is the backbones of the efforts to design and understand and improve the employee experience. But again, I'm not an expert. I'm just a, a, a human exp employee experience um, enthusiast advocate. And that's why I'm bringing in three experts. So I'm going to bring in Rashida Jones, Julie Turney, and Gil Cohen to join me in this conversation. And I know it's a it's heavy from the topic that, that we are just discussing, but I just wanted to share that. So thank you for joining. And um, I'm seeing a comment. I see Brian Kelly reacting. Thank you, Brian, for sharing that. And also Brian is also one of the speakers for Amplify DEI. So I have two speakers for Amplify DEI. So Rashida is a speaker, Gil Cohen is a speaker, and I almost forgot about their bio. Shame on me. So Rashida Jones, <laughs> she is a building humans, she's building human-centered HR practices by using agile HR, design thinking, digital transformation to create the best employee experience. Julie Turney is an HR influencer and soon to be author as well who works with leadership to create people-first cultures by designing customer-focused work that inspires people to bring their best self to the workplace. And Gil, the mighty Gil, because he is going to have a conversation with three women. <laughs> Gil Cohen has a passion for helping companies design employee experiences that improve both the outcomes of the organization and the lives of its employees. So... Let me start with you, Gil. Why is humanizing the workplace important for you? So first, I want to start off by saying thank you for inviting me. And second of all, I would also put myself, I'm right there with you that I am no expert at all on agile HR, but I am an employee experience activist and I do believe very strongly and I'm very passionate about that. And as you and I have discussed before, humanizing the workplace is at the heart of what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. traditional management, traditional leadership styles have ignored what it's like to be a person. It's all making decisions from the perspective of what leadership wants to accomplish. The paradigm or the frame of the organization is that of a machine, that everybody's replaceable, mm -hmm. everything's repeatable. And as a result, people become disengaged, they become stressed. They have that feeling on Sunday afternoon at about three o'clock when they realize they have to go to work for the week. 
And much like you, much like most people who have had at least one or two jobs, know what that's like. And for me, I also know what it's like, you know, when you come home at the end of the day and you're miserable and you don't necessarily have the same patience for your family, you don't sleep as well. And that is really what I want to help organizations do and help people do is be more human at work because we don't stop being human when we walk through that door. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. And Julie. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Vian. I really appreciate it. Uh, I just want people to have the best experience when they come to work. And um, I believe in the importance of leading with your heart. Mm -hmm. It's the one thing that sticks to your body that, you know, supports you and helps you through every single day. It's pumping blood through your body. When you go to work every single day, you spend more time with the people you work with than you do with your family. And I think a lot of people, especially going through COVID, recognized they were learning things about their family that they never knew before. Mm -hmm. Whereas we, we were learning new things about our work colleagues at the same time as well, because we started to work more remotely. And it really, you know, helped me to appreciate that I really am in the right space in terms of practicing HR with heart and ensuring that HR professionals do the same thing, practice HR with heart and recognize that people are people. Everyone is not the same. We all go through different things. We're all living different experiences, but we all make up this big machine that we call an organization, no matter where we work and how we develop and how we grow ourselves and how we contribute, how we innovate within that space is key. And we can't do that if we're being micromanaged. We can't do that if we're being bullied. We can't do that yeah. if we don't feel like we have whatever it takes to create a good experience in our space. If we are not motivated within ourselves, then how do we create good products and services and make customers happy and overall businesses get the money that they need. And so for me, it's important to humanize the workplace and let people know it's okay to have their heart at work. Thank you. And Rashida, this seems like a, a, a simple exercise for you, right? For this is your what, <laughs> your third time or your fourth time? <laughs> it's, it ne it's never easy, to be honest. But I mean, Julia and Gil were, were so clear, uh, you know, in what they said, and I completely share what they what they just shared, um, you know, if I could add another dimension is that, you know, when, you know, from an organization perspective, we hire people for their differences, right? So for, for, their, for their differences in, in experience, um, in background. Can you um, repeat that, that beginning <laughs> sentence that you, you, you said? Because I think that some, yes. some people in the back, maybe. People <laughs> definitely didn't hear it. Behind you, sure. So what you said differences? What? <laughs> so people, people, organizations hire people for their differences, right? For their differences, uh, cognitive diversity. So differences yeah. of thinking, experiences, background, culture, everything that makes you unique is what you want to hire people for. Yet the moment they enter your organization, something mm -hmm. seems to switch, and suddenly you're basically beaten into this box, you know, and you're basically having to conform to the standards that there are in place, you know, whether it is you're measuring performance or potential with your nine box, so again, you're in a box, or whether it is basically to treat you, um, you know, with any disregard to your individual differences and where you are and where you're coming from. So for me, humanizing the, the workplace really is about ensuring that from a HR 
perspective as a HR professional, I really want to, you know, for us organizations to think a bit more about, you know, why are we getting people in through the door? And what are we doing afterwards? Um, and how can we change this to start really embracing people for their differences and celebrating them for their strengths? While standards are good, standardization is not. No. So that's uh, basically my, my, my connection with humanizing the workplace. You're on mute, Vivian. I, I muted myself because I was looking <laughs> up a quote and I wanted to uh, look up a quote. Um, I think the quote isn't from Tony Robbins, but it's the quote from Albert Einstein. So if you do what you have always done, you'll get what you have always gotten. And uh, mm -hmm. organizations or maybe Tony Robbins did something, but Albert Einstein also had a quote uh, relating to that, that when you want a different outcome you also have to you know you also have to pay contribution to the differences and exactly what you were sharing about people are being hired for the difference but, but the moment they enter the workplace it seems like it's going to be a copy paste of whatever is an existing and if you want your company to thrive but also to be in the top five also be top of mind on people we need to innovate we need to amplify that creativity so we need to amplify diversity and diversity yes. is beyond gender people beyond gender <laughs> absolutely yeah, much bigger than that yeah yeah <laughs> so i'm already i'm already seeing brian kelly says organizations hire people for the differences so you're quoted and sally is saying well said thank you thank you going to the next question because I think that, it, I don't know if it was a challenge to answer that question, but I really wanted to know what can Agile HR do to boost employee engagement? So let's start with Julie. Oh, really? I get to go first. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so when you look at employee engagement, I think uh, a lot of people think about pool tables and mm. yoga classes and yes. all those kind of things. But virtual happy hour. Yes. That ha only happens on a Friday afternoon, right? So what happens with the rest of the week? What are we doing it, then? What happens with the rest of the week, but also what happens with us as employees when we are engaging in work on a mm. daily basis? And how do we make people feel like what they are doing matters? So how do we engage employees to the point that they feel like, okay, what you're doing matters. We have to let them know this is the big picture. What is the big picture of the organization? What is our vision? What are our goals? Where do you fit in, in that puzzle? Because they could bring their A game, but if they don't know what they're contributing towards, how does it really impact them? How does it really matter? And so, what Agile HR says is that we help organizations to help employees recognize where they play their part. We help leaders to translate that message of how you are filling in and creating that bigger picture. Mm -hmm. What part you play in that on a daily basis. And then within that, we say, okay, are we giving you the necessary tools that you need in order to perform your job effectively? Are you getting the feedback that you need in order to perform your job effectively? And is it being done in a respectful manner? And in addition to that, are we giving you the necessary priorities so you understand how your work is going to flow? And when we do that as HR, 
when we do that as leadership, as an entire organization, that creates engaged employees. For all people, right? For all people. Okay. For okay. all people. That was awesome, then, by the way. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but then you have this thing called the Employee Engagement Survey, mm -hmm. which happens yeah. once a year at best. And what we help people to recognize in an agile environment is where there's, a, where there's transparency, where there's dialogue, and we're doing this in a timely manner and not, we're not waiting for a year to do it, but we're doing it incrementally over time, whether we're doing it every three months or every six months. And we're not asking those big clumbersome questions where people are just feeling that they have to tick a box, but we're asking questions, questions that give value add, and we're asking very short questions. So we're saying, just fill in this maybe five minute, 10 minute survey. That's gonna help us figure out if we're engaging in the way that we should then these are things that help us as HR professionals to help the organization engage the workforce. So you are saying surveys are in or surveys are out, or do we need an another way to survey? Because I have survey fatigue, to be honest. I hated that moment when, you know, when you're receiving, you're receiving a survey and it's just like, okay, you're sending this to me in December where my head is already stressed and you want to, you want me to tell you how engaged I am at the moment? But this is the thing. Mm -hmm. So surveys are out if they are just as you described. Yeah. yeah. Once a year, long, just to tick a box. Yeah. Those are out. Here's another thought. What if we engage people in regular thought exchanges? Mm. What, what if we regularly engage people, ask them questions, even if it's virtually, which brings me to a service that I really am enjoying. So this is a selfish plug for the Thought Exchange, which is a company based in Canada. Mm -hmm. And they actually have a mm -hmm. software that helps organizations <laughs> to do just what, what we're talking about mm -hmm. and be more agile. So what they do is you can create thought exchanges uh, based on engagement. And you can ask these questions and the staff either get employees, either get to comment or vote on it. You can see it in live real time and you can make conscious decisions based on what you're seeing. In so that it's moment. actually an interactive survey. It's very, yeah. very interactive, very okay. interactive. As a matter of fact, it even leads to you asking other, you can create other thought exchanges as a result of it. So instead of having that regular, you know, six month engagement where you have those 12 questions or you have five questions, but the point is engagement isn't genuine if you're only doing it once a year. It's not intentional if you're only doing it once a year and then you do nothing after that. It has to have an impact. There are people in the back sitting there. They haven't heard what you said. What did you say? I, I think you said something in the line that engagement, you know, doing a survey for an engagement isn't a one night stand. So no. please do it as no. often as you can. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So that you know how pe what people are thinking, feeling, doing as they're going through processes. She's almost leading to design thinking, right, Rashida? Yeah, Absolutely. I'm going to I'm going to go over to Rosita. So Agile HR, how new is it? Is it is it there for years or is it just recent? To be honest, um, it's been around for a while, for a few years, okay. I would say, um, you know, I actually came across Agile 
through project management. So within HR, I work a lot in projects Mm -hmm. and I was finding a different way to deliver my projects. And I went on a course for Agile. And that's when I realized um, about six years ago that there was a better way of doing business within HR or in organizations Mm. in general. Because what Agile... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because what agile yeah. practically is saying is it's really a philosophy it's a mindset it's a way of being and it's one of making decisions at the level of expertise uh, empowering people to learn and experiment with solutions that are co-developed with users in our case with our employees and this is where uh, the difference lies with agile hr and engagement because how is engagement manifested in the workplace mm-hmm. number one but number two, is engagement something you directly influence or, is, or does, does it happen as a result of other conditions that you put in place? Yeah. And if we look at research around what motivates and what drives people, it's three, primarily three main things. Making impact. It's uh, learning, growing, expanding and feeling a sense of purpose and belonging. Mm-hmm. These basically are what will drive engagement. So if organizations, by working in an agile way, are putting the employee at the center of what they do, allowing them as the experts to help co-create the solutions, right? Um, then, then they're creating the conditions for engagement. So this is how it's manifested. And building on from Julie's, um, you know, about sort of this whole survey, I would say take it a step further, you know, absolutely. Um, engagement belongs in your team because mm-hmm. engagement is different from one team or department to another. So bring it back at the team level and make this a daily exercise and daily occurrence We've seen from COVID for the first time ever that we're we're fluctuating individuals. It's just before we were never allowed to be ourselves at work. We couldn't really turn up as we were. But now suddenly it's okay to do that. Just like I shared in the beginning of this call, I'm feeling really down today. My cat's lost, right? You know, and I I would never have probably done that a few months ago, share my vulnerability. And that's what COVID has done. So this is how I see some of the differences and how Agile can help boost employee engagement. Thank you. And Gil... You as an employee experience designer, what what do you think about Agile HR? What do I think about Agile HR? Mm-hmm. It's funny because I had you had sent out the questions before, and when I saw that question, as an employee experience person, I look at Agile HR and I'm curious and I'm learning a lot from Rashida and from uh, from Julie, and I really appreciate what Rashida was saying about you know what causes what leads to engagement. But as an employee experience person, I actually focus more on the second half of the question mm-hmm. because one of the issues with traditional leadership and traditional management is that it focuses on the organizational lens. Yeah. It focuses on what does the organization get out of whatever it's doing. And unfortunately, I don't love the what I call cult of engagement that's existed over the last 15 or 20 years, because the reality is is that engagement is an organization centric outcome. Engagement is the purpose of it is to have discretionary effort. The purpose of it is to have people stay longer. But the other reality is that the more engaged people you have, the more risk they are for burnout. There are other outcomes that aren't discussed as a result of work that happen because of the experience we have. So the issue is, for me, is that we focus on engagement, we focus on engagement while ignoring that there are other impacts on the humans at work outside of engagement. Do you feel like we need to rename or find a new uh, term or find a new definition as in where you can create a win-win situation? Because I truly believe and I truly agree what what you're sharing is that the engagement is more focused on the business instead of the people. What 
should we do? How should we coin it? Maybe do you have a coin, something or a term that's more fitting where it's a win-win for everybody? It, it's it's not experience, no? Pardon? Wouldn't you say that employee experience is the term? It, 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 well, employee experience is the term for the overall experience that a person is having. And employee experience does include other lenses. And that's what I would say, because engagement is valuable. There's mm -hmm. no question about it. But the problem is, is when we have this focus on engagement and we ignore the other outcomes at work and we ignore the other impacts we have, we design our organizations, even though we're well-intentioned, Because I do believe that the idea behind engagement has been well-intentioned over the years. But the reality is, is what it, it benefits the organization. From the frame of the organization, it's I can pay people as little as possible and get the most out of them and they stay as long as possible if I focus on this singular outcome. But a person who's engaged can still be stressed. A person who's engaged can mm -hmm. still be losing sleep at night. They can still be snapping at their partner. They can still be upset on Sunday afternoon. Mm -hmm. And so by take, pulling the lens back and saying, okay, so this is what the organization wants from people is engagement. But then making it like uh, other people have been saying as well, make the person at the center of it, understand what are the other impacts we have on the person from our design decisions. Because we can have a person who's engaged, who's working 80 hours a week, who's, who's being unbelievably productive, and it completely ruins their family life. It completely yeah. ruins their relationships, right? And so is that, are we doing that person a service by putting them, mm -hmm. giving them that kind of experience? So I guess for me, it was also a bit of a cop-out because I couldn't answer the Agile HR no, side you, of the you question. Shared, no, you shared valuable insights from your perspective. But, and I, but, I, I'm, this panel is put together normally with all my panels. I don't want you to be the expert of the topic. I want you to be the expert of what you already are. And you're sharing valuable insights from your perspective. So thank you for that. And Brian is also asking... What about a culture of caring? And I just want to, to ask all of you a short, brief, brief, brief thing that you want to say. What about the culture of caring? Rashida. I love, I love about the culture of caring, actually, because culture of care is it's a boomerang, right? Whatever you mm -hmm. put in, you get, about, you, you get back out. So yeah. actually, if you're putting in that effort, and you're having somebody go home engaged, happy, productive, they'll come back tomorrow engaged, happy, productive, and the cycle goes round. So uh, mm -hmm. I'm all up for that. Okay, and Julie? Yeah, I fully agree with that. And this, obviously, if they are engaged and happy and productive, when they come to work, then they're going to create good work, and then there's, it's going to have that ripple effect on the business as well. So I'm all about that culture of caring. Thank you. I would echo what uh, both Rashida and Julie said. And I would also add that there's different levels of the culture of caring. And I would say the absolute baseline, which unfortunately doesn't exist in a lot of organizations, is I care that you're a human being. Mm 
Mm. because there's the culture of caring beyond that and getting to know each other as humans but just mm -hmm. this baseline that a lot of organizations I don't care that you're a person the number of stories I've heard and read where a person will have a family member pass away and their boss will just expect them to be back the next day or expect them to be working or whatever it is so let's start with the culture of just caring we're humans and then beyond that I'd love to you know have that next level next level that uh, Julie and Rashida are talking about of really, you know, caring about each other, putting putting into it and getting out of it an extra level that where we can trust each other. I'm wondering if this talk can also reach Jeff Bezos with no no pun intended, just reach uh -huh. you know a few a few of the tech directors because this is very epic. So before I'm going to ask the question, I just wanted to share the right quote from Einstein. And the quote that Einstein has is we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we use when we created them. Mm -hmm. Another reason why diversity is important. So okay. is Agile HR can, or no, maybe I can ask it this way. Can Agile HR be an answer to amplify DEI and why? And I will start with Rashida. <laughs> Thanks. It's, it, this is, it's, a, it's a tough one in a way. Yes and no. I mean, I, you know, immediately my answer is to say yes, it can. Mm -hmm. Because if I think of the sort of the agile principles and ways of working, um, so let me sort of give you a couple of examples. So some of them, I'm just pull them out of the hat. Mm -hmm. um, know people deeply, uh, instill a psychological safety, sense of psychological safety, optimize for the whole. So don't suboptimize, uh, you know, co-create the employee experience, uh, involve them, you know, in the, in the service delivery. So all these things are basically saying, stop doing things behind closed doors for employees. Mm -hmm. But the, but the one that really sort of rang to me is, you know, uh, have diversity in your teams. So um, that's sort of the number one. Okay, you know, look around your teams. You know, do I see a representation, a fair representation, you know, um, of the of society, our communities? Is it is it fairly represented here? And then is my is are all the voices being heard as a result? You know, and which voices are missing? Let's bring those voices in. So it impacts recruitment as well. So that that's a, the, the responsibility of, of the team. Uh, know people deeply it really means about you know let me know you know how you know your background your you know where you grew up the school you went to what race what color skin you are how did it influence you and how is it influencing you right now mm -hmm. as you, as you're working how does it make you show up or not show up how can I help you with that so that's knowing people deeply and create a, a sort of a psychological safety you know so that means well, that you can of, we have to have a psychological safety right we have to. and you it's can be yourself Absolutely. Yeah. And that's yeah. how you can have trust. And then that's yeah. how you can have people to be who they are. So it's in a lot of respects, yes, I can, you can definitely boost and amplify DEI, uh, you know, so yeah, for me, these are the reasons why and these are the principles that if we, if we sort of have this as our guiding star, we are then moving towards, you know, better diversity and equity and inclusion in the workplace. Yay. Gil. Yes. Um, so those I, I find that really interesting. And I think it is very possible because of what you're describing about Agile HR. And apparently I was doing some of it over the years and just had no idea about that, which is <laughs> which is which is great confirmation. But I what I loved about what you were describing was the intentionality about it. 
is that there's thought put into it. And that's why if you put the effort into it to use the HR group as an amplifier of diversity, equity, and inclusion, then these methodologies, methodologies you're describing absolutely can play a great role in really creating that value around it that people didn't recognize before. And so that's, I, I find it very interesting, just, you know, the, I guess because I come from an area where I've always been adjacent to HR and for a little while I was adjacent to Agile. Um, but I do think that it can be used intentionally and effectively. But I do believe it also needs leadership support and championship yeah. to have any strength to it. It can't be HR working out on their own. It can't be HR working out on a limb, but they can be doing things to help supporting the initiatives in the direction because if leadership are doing things and behaving in ways that don't support that then there's unfortunately precious little that hr is going to be able to do true and, and I, adding I, to yeah adding to that is also the structure element actually so you may have all the right sort of mindset and culture but if your structure goes against that so if there's a culture mm -hmm. structure misfit then in the end you always have to you always go back to the old ways of doing okay. so you know the whole thing needs to be looked at from a holistic perspective and we also we have to keep in mind that we're dealing with people. And I truly believe that, yes, it's the leader. Yes, it is uh, also the organization in its whole. But the people also have their own uh, ownership when it comes to Amplify DEI or when it comes to mm -hmm. uh, embracing or raising the awareness regarding uh, DEI. So, uh, Julie. Yeah, I lost my train of thought because I was just listening to the conversation and <laughs> you want to come back to you later or just give a give a moment. I um actually was thinking of as Rashida was talking and as Gil was talking, um, and I think Gil said it added to what I wanted to talk about leadership. Mm. And then Rashida also mentioned a point previously about team leads and making the yeah. teams accountable for their own engagement. And I think that these two things cohesively, along with HR, then will help us to amplify DEI. It's not an HR thing. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just like everything else within an organization. When you talk about culture and engagement and you talk about um, all of these things and who is responsible for them, it's not an HR thing. Everybody is responsible, everybody holds a piece of the pie, and everybody has to be accountable. It's when we put the psychological safety for everybody to feel okay to do it, when we put the safety for people to be okay with being called out mm -hmm. on their foolishness, and we say, okay, this doesn't work, this is how we should be, when we put those things in place and everybody holistically is playing their part, then then we can say we're really amplifying um, DEI in the workplace. But everybody is responsible. It's not an HR thing. No. Thank you for In fact, it, it yeah. should stop also being an add-on initiative, right? It should stop being, you know, having a separate department or person looking at it. It has to be ingrained within mm -hmm. the organization, actually. It's to be part and parcel of the culture. And it should be also part of the values at the moment, that it's not a value, and it needs to start being part of the value system. Um, with the value system, you mean the mission statement or the value of the company? Is that what you're you're uh, referring yes. to? Yes, as okay. as well as our, what are our values? What are our company values? You know, as yes. well, you know, what is it that we you know what is our our guiding star? It, it should be part of that. 
I echo that. I, I completely agree because if yeah. leadership, if they don't actually value it, they're going to make decisions that are counter it. They're counter to it. They're going to be comfortable and okay with it when then things aren't diverse, mm -hmm. aren't equitable, aren't inclusive because they will make decisions that will be for profitability or otherwise as a result. So yeah. I absolutely yeah, that one I agree needs to be said a little bit louder for the people in the back. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that that lived values. Right now, we should be evaluating values across our organizations just from that DEI perspective. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Values are not in keeping with that at all. And if organizations aren't looking now at we need to change our values and have that dialogue with our people so that they feel like it's their values yeah. and not just something that someone put on the wall because they Googled it and it looked cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, and also Brian, it seems like Brian is going to become my co-host because he's feeding <laughs> me with all these questions. So Brian is asking, how do we create the conditions that enable people and teams to flourish? And he's also saying that I believe it starts uh, with valuing and putting humans first. I don't think you're going to get much disagreement on this panel. Yeah. <laughs> Vivian, Vivian, I, I do, Vivian, I do want to return to one some, something you said before about the responsibility of the people within the organization yeah. when it comes to DEI. Yeah. Because one of the things that I've been reading and talking to people about the difficulty of that is that the efforts of DEI in a lot of organizations have been pushed onto those already marginalized communities. It's already pushed onto people who are already doing a lot of the work, not getting paid any extra for it, and are already sitting with those burdens ahead of time. So I don't, for me, when I think of responsibilities at work, of course, we all have our personal responsibility. I, I understand that. But really, we, it needs to start with leadership. It needs to yeah. start with people who have been a part of the old in just structures who are now changing things because it can't just be left up to the people who have been negatively impacted by these kind of structures and it takes a toll it takes a toll especially with the people who are you know um how do you say that that what happened to george floyd it didn't left me cold i mean i i cried and there were so many occasions where i did not only see my son but i saw other family members as well laying there so it definitely has a mental impact or mental health impact on your mental health. And um, some people are advocates within the workplace and some don't. It's not only a fight for the people who are already there with raising awareness with what Gil is saying. Indeed, we want others to join as well. And if you don't jump on the DEI boat now, I can predict maybe sooner than five years that your company will not be successful. And I said it here first. <laughs> so going to the next question, um, what can Agile HR do to support people during this lockdown, which in a way is awful, but it's also in a way brought so many good, so many positivity, so many goodness. It has brought you together with all these awesome people um what what can i just do julie so i'm so glad that you asked this question because i've heard so many people say 
that during lockdown, uh, the HR did nothing to support them. Mm. And I, it broke, it really breaks my heart when I hear people say those things, because I think that this, this, especially this particular time, is a great time for HR to really mm -hmm. show up in organizations and show that you're putting humans first and help leadership and help team leads to understand the importance of recognizing hi baby in the background uh, <laughs> it's about humanizing the workplace <laughs> she, she crawled all the way and then <laughs> I love it I love it yeah so this was a perfect time for people mm -hmm. for HR especially to really show up and you know guide leadership through this particular situation and it really broke my heart when I heard a lot of people say that their HR didn't show up. So I'm going to just give an example of some of the things that happened in my organization during lockdown. I learned a lot about the people in my organization as they work from home, um, Zoom calls, endless Zoom calls. And being able to see people in their home environment with their children and so on. But I took a lot of time to do some of the things that I talked about before. So we use Slack internally as an organization to communicate. And so one of the things that we took to do on a daily basis was just do a litmus test of how people were feeling. But I changed it up every time. So if today I asked you if you're feeling good, bad, or indifferent, tomorrow I'd give you emojis and tell you what the emojis meant, and then you go based on the emojis. And the moment I saw someone who was in the lower barrier of those emojis, I'd reach out to them right away. And we did virtual coffees. Five minutes, 10 minutes, tell me how you're feeling, what you're going through at this particular time. And if it was something that they hadn't mentioned to their leadership, I'd immediately message someone in their leadership team and say, listen, you have someone who isn't doing so well today. You need to find out what's going on. And most of our teams are agile teams because we are tech. And so in the daily standups as they're talking to their team members, but there were moments where they weren't really getting all of the information. And so as HR, I took that responsibility. My team took that responsibility to just do little checkups and see how people are feeling. On the good, um, what, my, what some people will call the kumbaya side of it all, uh, we actually did things like yoga, meditation in the morning. It's not uh, kumbaya at all. It's part of the well-being. Yes. I know that, you know that, Rashida knows that, Gil knows that, but there are many people in leadership who go, oh, okay, she wants to do the kumbaya. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, what, that's what they call it here. So uh, <laughs> some of our team members did cook-offs where I learned right. how to make cook a lot of different dishes because we have a lot of diversity in our organization. People from different islands around the Caribbean, different parts of the world, and I got to learn how to make various dishes according okay, to Okay, what did you learn? What did you learn? Because now you have to give it up. What did you learn? <laughs> I learned how to make Trini bakes. Mm -hmm. um, and apparently you have to make them with love, which mm -hmm. is all about what we're talking here. Love is the key. <laughs> apparently according to to one of my work my colleagues I, I learned how to make shrimp curry shrimp pasta mm -hmm. I learned how to make chicken curry uh we all these different kind of things we learned how to cook and we actually what we did was someone came on the screen 
They cooked the dish, they walked us through it. We were able to ask them questions. Uh, and then at the end of it, when the dish was done, they sat down and they ate lunch with us and we ate oh, lunch together. That's nice. that's nice. And so that was a really cool thing to, to experience uh, at that particular time. But like I said, uh, what I appreciated from Gil is it really is important to understand how your people are feeling as people, as human beings. Lockdown, uh, if your country was on lockdown, if you were restricted to being inside of your home, without going outside at all. Some people did not handle that very well. Mm -hmm. And the only way we would know that as HR is if we talk to our to our people. And I, I really believe it is important to talk to everyone and understand everyone in your organization, not, no matter how big it is, take the time to know your people and understand what they're going, what they were going through or what they are going through during this particular time, because it hasn't been easy from an agile perspective, um, to be able to quickly pivot and do the things that we were able to do. Uh, <laughs> I am so sorry, I'm making you hungry. <laughs> but the, the, that's the whole point of being agile, right? It's that you're finding quicker ways to solve problems. And mm -hmm. that was the one thing that we recognize the importance of from an HR perspective is doing that pivot and really checking on our people. How you treated your people, and I, I said it once and I'll say it again, how you treated your people during COVID, how you treat them now in this particular moment is crucial. Even if you lay them off, you furlough your people, you still need to find out how they're doing because if you expect them to return to your organization and you haven't treated them well during this period, a lot of people are not gonna come back because they, whether they're they have gonna, a, they're going to use social media or they'll come yeah. back and just give half effort right half, they, they, yes. they have their job they, yeah. they won't be engaged they won't give yes. discretionary effort and they'll they'll give less than full yeah exactly so well because they are talking at birthday parties when when they we can have them right yes <laughs> it's, it's, this is a really crucial time and i think that for hr how you show up in this moment and leadership, how you show up in this moment is critical to the survival of your business. Okay, what I hear, what I heard Julie say in between the lines is she is inviting us in two years to come back or <laughs> taste some of her cooking somewhere in the lines of that. So, I, so I, heard you I, heard I didn't that. cook. <laughs> <laughs> well, you will in two years. Yeah, you have two years to learn. Plenty of time to practice. <laughs> so, Gil, what about you? <laughs> I, I would. I loved Julie's story because it ties back to what we were talking about earlier around employee surveys. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things about employee experience is that it derives a lot from customer experience. Yeah. And whereas mm -hmm. customer experiences look for voice of customer, employee experience is looking for voice of employee. So where a yearly survey from the employee experience perspective is all but meaningless, regular check-ins and understanding how people are doing as humans is really what's going to drive better decision-making. Because Julie then was able to know in the moment, this person's not doing great. This person's struggling with work from home. This person's having a great day, right? And which then gave the managers better information on how to lead their teams.
And that is, I, so I, I just want to comment on that because that is a great, great example of ensuring that the employees have their voice, it's heard, and then you do something about it. Because without all of those pieces together, at some point it's going to fall down. Because if they're telling Julie that things are a problem and then nothing gets done about it, they're exactly. not they're not telling Julie anymore what the problem was. Exactly. And that happens too often. This, what you just are sharing right now, it happens too often. The reason why I'm a little bit too over passionate because I'm talking it, I'm sharing this from a personal perspective where I address a lot of things with HR and then eventually it was shoved under the rug like it was just a joke or it never happened or we promised that the person promised he will never do it again and then you feel like one of the people that is or the minority within the organization you're not being heard you're not being seen and they are not listening to you so thank you for sharing that as well so yeah that that was that's really what the only thing i would i would add about that and you know mm -hmm. what brian you are right on because this has been part of my career my 20 years, that's exactly it, has been about the performance review process, that the problem with the performance review process is that you wait a year before providing feedback. Whereas when done right, when continuously providing feedback in the moment, people know what they're doing and you don't need a big performance review. Maybe you wanna talk about specific goals or things like that, but you know how you've done, you know what needs to change and you know what you're working on. And so thank you, Brian, for adding that, because that was actually an analogy that was in my head about five minutes ago, but it didn't come out. So I think he does need to be a co-host. Rashida. What, what, what can I say that hasn't been kind of covered? <laughs> but, you can um, always repeat because the more people well, hear it, the, the better it is. Absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things that, you know, um, we, I advise um, organizations to do is to basically mobilize and enable managers. So managers mm -hmm. are responsible for about 70% of the touch points of, of, for the employee experience with, it, with their employees, more so than, yeah. the, than HR. So, you know, we had to mobilize managers, enable them quite quickly. And one of the things that we uh, encouraged them to do was to have a daily check-in with them. So either start every meeting uh, uh, or start with the day with, with a one-word check-in, how are you feeling right now? Or, you know, do it through emojis. Um, I, if I give you the example of one of my meetings in which I started like this, one of one of the uh, one of my colleagues sort of said, you know, sad face, not it, not in the mood. So I said, okay, then today, so sit in the background, you know, listen to the call. Don't don't worry about being active or participate. So really, you know, sort of empathizing with what she was feeling, what she was doing, uh, and then I reached out at the end um, to you know to really check in what she was doing. So that that's really one thing. Know your people, know their situation because. No two people are coming to the same situation of lockdown or remote working in this, yeah. you know, with the same obstacles or opportunities. We're all at different journeys. And unless we actually reach out to our employees to find out their situation, we're not going to be able to provide an equitable solution for them because we don't want sameness right now. We want fairness. And you cannot provide fair unless you know exactly what situation they're in. So that's really number one. Uh, and number two, um, think about communication. I'm, I'm, I'm done with, you know, we call about, we talk about Zoom fatigue. You know, we have MS Teams or we had, you know, WebEx. So all of those fatigues. Not every single piece of communication needs to be via or WebEx. So really think about what is it that we're communicating about. Does it need Slack? Does it need a text message, an SMS, you know, a WhatsApp? Does it need a video call? Does it need a phone call? Actually, should can I go out into the nature for a walk on my own and have this meeting connecting with nature? 
So really review all the forms of communication that there are out there and assign the appropriate communication to the appropriate form or mode of communication. Mm -hmm. I would add podcasting as well as internal podcasting because the Zoom fatigue I wrote in April that we are hurting our people. And by the end of the year, everybody will be wearing glasses. And that's something that you don't want to have. So uh, I've been wearing mine since I was five. So that doesn't count. <laughs> oh, <I'm laughs> not as a result. I was not referring to you. I'm just Nothing referring to the people that don't have here. glasses I'm yet. Just, By the I'm end of saying. the year, they will, <laughs> they will have you know some, some challenges. But besides that, the Zoom fatigue is real. It can cost mm. you your sleep quality. It can cost you so much stress that you don't even realize that you're hurting yourself. So earlier today, mm. I was giving a workshop where... Uh, I was sharing what stress is doing to you. And stress is something that it's invisible, right? You're you're not seeing directly, but imagine me holding a sledgehammer in this is my sledgehammer and you're doing this the same time with your body. That's what you're doing when you are having a stressful moment. And on top of that, this lockdown, it is a challenge. I know that we are in it for further and happily that my son is going to school right now, but that doesn't mean that my stress all of a sudden is gone. And that doesn't mean that, you know, a lot of parents are still juggling with the fact that they are teacher part-time, working part-time, and also have to manage their space to be themselves, right? So um, please, let's yeah. loosen up the Zoom or other video conferences and find other ways to communicate with your team. Yeah. And start managing by output, not input. Mm. It's not about the hours you put in behind the screen. It's about the quality of output. So the whole nine to five, <laughs> Monday to Friday. She's, is... she's referring to people that, uh, <laughs> All right. the people in the back. <laughs> I think there's something there that you need to raise up. Start managing by output, not input. It's not about mm. bums on feet and how many hours you spend behind your computer screen. But it's Amen. about the quality value that you're bringing so the whole nine to five monday to friday needs to be completely you know torn apart and redesigned uh, and also and also for the companies that are monitoring the people if they're working behind their screens there are companies that are doing that there are companies that are why would you do that checking how often you're in there i heard one company that life the person had to call their manager every half hour how how do you expect any kind of quality of work from that so mm. yes i agree mm. <laughs> but this this all stems down to that main thing of trust mm. trust if you didn't trust your people before covid then it's going to just be amplified right during yeah. covid so See, i so wish i had think. the awesome sticker i need that for <laughs> you next have time. an awesome need- wall behind <laughs> you <laughs> Because because I want to echo what Julie said is that managers who yeah. trusted their people beforehand had a lot easier of a transition, and more importantly, their team had a lot easier of a transition yeah. to a remote work as opposed to the managers who don't trust you're doing anything unless they see you sitting in your seat, which then yeah. gives rise to all of this tracking software, et cetera, yeah. which I couldn't imagine working with. No, and there's there's one thing that I also wanted to point out is that, you know, we have different types of experiences, uh, Mm -hmm. different types of journeys that people are on, you know, and whereas my my lockdown experience was with two children, a husband and a cat, uh, homeschooling, me me working, my husband working, I was in the middle of launching a, you know, a system into this organization. So it was really hectic time. 
but what, what I need to what we need to understand they were I had some colleagues who were lonely you know yeah. and they actually had no one around them so whereas I was yeah. longing for this quietness they were longing for that connection and and I'm worried I'm worried that winter's coming and yeah. and the dark day and 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 if the lockdown continues how are organizations going to support are they thinking ahead already how are we going to you know support our employees as the winter month comes and the lockdown continues yeah. or this restriction what are the things that we need to be thinking about and I, and i really would like you know you to start thinking about it as leaders definitely because the the world uh, organization or the, no, the world economic forum already shared in april that yes covid this whole pandemic is it COVID is a pandemic and this lockdown is of uh, COVID is a pandemic, but there is a second pandemic and that is burnout and stress will be yeah. the second pandemic that will be coming. So like Rashida is, share, is sharing right now, think ahead, think ahead of what you can provide, what kind of tools you mm -hmm. can provide for your people. Is it an app? Is it a workshop? Is it hiring the three, the four of us? Is it, is it maybe maybe asking us or engaging yeah. or having these conversations in the workplace itself? Because it's important yes. to raise that awareness. Because otherwise, your absentee rate will be mm. sky high. While you Absolutely. are managing your business or saving your business or saving your team from losing the team, remember, the upcoming months will show you how good you are leading or how you know how 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 good you are managing but also for, will mm -hmm. show you how amped your people are so i want you to think about what we shared especially watch this re-watch this episode because they all shared valuable information but think about the upcoming months you want to survive beyond 2020 at least i do so i don't know about yeah. you but you want yeah. to survive beyond 2020 and you also want the people to remember you how you treated them and definitely if you have to let go of your people know that you treat them with dignity because otherwise humanize the workplace i'm not about bashing but i'm about uplifting the companies that are doing a great job that's what i'm doing absolutely yeah. people people won't always remember what you said or what you did but they'll mm. always remember how you how made you them feel yeah. We, we live in a world of attraction you know and what we put out there it comes back yeah. to us in one way or another so it's definitely, um, definitely. i also challenge to... people to oh, yeah sorry to you no challenge people to also think about their employees employee assistance programs mm -hmm. so hr we are not the psychologists at least mm. not Preach. Um, but you know, we do care about people and their mental health, uh, and we can help you through the employee assistance program. So yeah. I would challenge like mm -hmm. companies that don't have the program and people just think that mental health illness is just something, another excuse that people use to say they're not well. No, mental mm -hmm. illness is real. Yeah. And if you want to take care of everyone's mental health, because we all have mental health, but we don't all have mental illness. Mm -hmm. And if we don't want people to get to the point where they become mentally ill, then the employee assistance program is there to assist employees in that way. You really care about your people and you want them to thrive and you want them to be successful during this time, then you need to take care of them. Use your employee assistance programs. And if you don't have one, 
get time one. to do one right time yes. to get one definitely and i i totally agree so coming to the last question we spoke a lot about agile hr we spoke about amplify dei but i also want to know what is your wish for 2025 when it comes to humanizing the workplace with agile hr or slash with gill employee experience so gill can you share something I would say that, I mean, it's a lofty wish, but going back hey, to the conversation we had about that universe. culture, that culture of caring that you're a human, for that to be the norm. Yeah. For most people to be living and working in an organization where the when you walk in the door, you're allowed to be human, you're allowed to be yourself, and they care about that fact more than just the money that you bring into the business that mm -hmm. would be my goal i know it might not be realistic but maybe if the four of us have our way it will be Absolutely. we are going to do our best definitely mm -hmm. julie i want to echo the same sentiments as gil <laughs> just because <laughs> he couldn't have said it any better and i couldn't say it any better either you know to just get to a point where this is the norm in the workplace where we're really taking into consideration that people are people. Everyone is not the same. Um, anyone who knows me knows how much I love Dr. Zeus. <laughs> I like to quote Dr. <laughs> Zeus. <laughs> I read a lot of it during my children's childhood. Um, but yeah. I always remember um, Horton Hears a Who, mm. where this elephant um, could hear this whole village and no one else could hear it and thought that he was crazy. Yeah. But at the end of it all, he said, a person's a person, no matter how small. Mm -hmm. That really resonates with me that, you know, our hearts can be so big to people, no matter how, where they are in their moment of life, no matter what their chapter is. In your workplace, there are people who feel so small. But if we get to the point where we can hear everyone's voice and just lead with heart, we'll have amazing organizations, amazing cultures. Just Thank remembering you. people are people no matter what. And you're forgetting something. What? What did I do? You're, you're forgetting you're doing something. something amazing for the world yeah. right now. You're doing something, you're sharing something. But you're writing. Uh, ah, oh. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I am actually at this point writing my book. My, my very first book, hopefully not my last, but it's called Confessions of an HR Pro, Stories of Triumph and Defeat. And I'm just sharing the other side of what it's like being in HR, the things that we go through. Uh, for those of us who are in that space as HR professionals and trying to think about feeling alone in those particular moments where we're trying to use our hearts to lead in our profession, and in those moments for people who are considering entering HR, but are just not totally sure if it's for them, uh, this book is for everyone. There's a little bit of everything in here for everyone. And it's basically gonna be like journal entry based and you're gonna hear my experiences and a few wonderful people who are sitting in this space, sharing their experiences about what it's like to be an HR professional <laughs> right now. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I, I wanted to hear. That. Yes, <laughs> oh, you, have, you have my permission. Yes, thank you. So, Rashida, what about you? 
Well, what can I say? Embrace mindset, embrace the heart set. You know, ideally, I'd like organizations to be embracing uh, or caring, you know, for people as the same way they care about profit. You know, the two are not mutually exclusive. So we need to stop this sort of unbalance um, of energy and focus. Uh, ultimately, businesses start with people. Businesses end with people. Actually, businesses are people. So build the people to build the business and use agile principles as your guiding star to create a winning employee experience. I am the only thing that I can say is I it time flew. I it even an mm. hour is just like that. But I had I learned so much from all of you, and I hope that the the viewers and the listeners also learned the valuable insights that you all shared. So follow Rashida, follow Gil. And follow Julie. And also, Julie has a book out coming right now. We need to support her. I su I'm supporting her. I'm supporting her during this platform. But also know that it will be a valuable book. And know that Rashida and Gil will also be uh, on the Amplify DEI Summit. So re regarding that, I am just I just wanted to say that I am grateful. I am honored to have you here in this panel because I just wanted to learn from HR from an HR perspective and see there is a different side of HR instead of being the HR that I have gotten to know. So thank you for sharing those uh, valuable uh, insights and uh, till next time, right? And, thank, you. thank you. And for those yeah. of you who are watching, I'm going to plug it in again, Amplify DEI, it's the summit, it's the Netflix for, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusive. And look at this. Look, look, look at the speakers. Look, have you seen this elsewhere? Have you seen a virtual event amping up diversity, amping up equity, amping up inclusion? No, you haven't, because we are the first of the first, and we are definitely going to do our best. So thank you for watching. This was Let's Humanize the Workplace, and know that you can also listen to these episodes on uh, the, the most podcasts. So just wait for one or two days, and it will be on your podcast. So I don't want to you know, build upon your Zoom fatigue. So if you need to listen to this episode, listen to this episode on our podcast and thank you till next week. Bye. Bye.